Welcome to Wine with HR. I'm Jules. Hey there, I'm Trish. Lawyers turned HR professionals. Through our company, Monarch Endeavors, we guide employers through their oh shit moments with their employees. In this podcast, we will discuss some of the most common (laughs) and commonly frustrating HR problems while enjoying our favorite adult beverage, wine. So sit back, grab a glass if you choose, and join us as we think about and drink about all things HR. Welcome to episode eight of Wine with HR. We are so happy to be back with you again today. Following our episode on performance management, we thought it made sense to have our next episode be about difficult conversations. Since sometimes when doing performance management or doing performance reviews, you have to have a difficult conversation. We also know that everyone hates difficult conversations or uncomfortable conversations, and most people will do anything and everything they can to avoid them. So in this episode, we're hopefully going to give you some tools to make these types of conversations easier. Julie, come on. Everybody loves these kind of conversations. (laughs) They're so fun. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes, yes. Oh, for sure, for sure. They're my favorite, that's for sure. But everybody knows that before we get into it, we first have to talk about the W-I-N-E. So, Trisha, what are you drinking? Okay, you know how I am obsessed with Aldi? Yes. (laughs) Okay, so I found a wine uh, for all of you Aldi shoppers out there. Uh, It's called Peaks and Tides, and it is a 2021 Pinot Noir. It's from Sonoma. Um, So just a very light classical Pinot. Uh, One of the things it says it's good to have with, by the way, is truffle risotto. So I saw that, right? So I saw that. (laughs) Yes, please. Right? (laughs) I got very excited when I saw that. So last night I didn't make truffle risotto, but I did make a mushroom risotto with scallops. And I have to tell you, even though it was a red versus a white with the scallops, it was delicious. So I'm having it again tonight. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. I know. I was going to say, does it come with the person to make the truffle risotto? (laughs) Wish. I wish. Send your husband my way, please. (laughs) Right? Yeah. No doubt. Well, I am drinking, first of all, out of my fancy schmancy new wine with HR glass. Incredibly jealous. Yes, yes. And it is a summertime plastic glass, so you can take it to all of your summertime festivities and not worry about breaking it. Uh, But I am drinking a Sauvignon Blanc called Liquid Light. Ooh. And it, the reason I chose it is because I am exploring these lower calorie, low sugar wines Mm -hmm. Uh, because sugar is bad. So this one has 95 calories uh, per five ounce glass. So, you know, (laughs) (laughs) just as necessary. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And less than one gram of sugar. So I thought that was pretty cool. That, That excited me. It is a 2022. It is from Washington State, which I know we like our Sauvignon Blancs from New Zealand. Yeah. But this one is quite nice. It is a little bit lighter than your traditional Sauvignon Blanc, probably because of the lower sugar content and the lower calorie. But for sipping on a lovely sunny day in Cleveland, which we don't get that often, 
it's quite lovely and light, as it says. So liquid light. Lovely, as you said. I think I will add that one to my list as well. I'm getting a very long list. <laughs> I know, I know. All right, Trish. So why don't you give our listeners some examples of the difficult conversations we're talking about? First and foremost, since we talked about performance management last week, let's talk about performance issues, right? I think this is one that everybody can relate to, especially if you are a new manager. Um, And I'd love to say it was only new managers. Unfortunately, it does not stop with them. But definitely for our new managers who are unsure, they still want to be friends, they don't know what type of manager they are yet, um, this can be uh, even more difficult than for most. Uh, The second one would be behavior issues. But as we have said, I think five, 10 times, maybe you need to treat behavior issues like performance issues, especially because if you ignore the behaviorals, what are you doing? You're pretty much saying to people, I accept that behavior and go ahead and do it some more. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. So those would be the first two I would think of. Do you want me to keep going? I can. Keep going. Oh, awesome. All right. So the next one would be hygiene. This one actually is a little more difficult and and even more so than performance and behavior because no one wants to have those conversations that could potentially make an employee feel bad, right? Mm -hmm. But we have to have them. And sometimes it turns out that there's things that we can do to help. Those are very difficult conversations to have, and you have to be careful not to talk to them about medical issues, et cetera, but there's nothing that makes an employee feel more valued than someone that takes the time to talk to them and work with them, um, especially about sensitive subjects like that. And then I just said something about medical issues, so hey, let's talk about medical conditions, right? Again, what can you say? What can you not say? And I think that that is probably the most critical point for medical conditions. There's a fine line that we can walk, and we want to make sure that especially our managers um, know what they should do and when they should escalate to HR, which is 99.999% of the time when it's medical conditions, right? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yes. And we will give examples of some of these conversations and what to say and what not to say. And we'll even role play one or two for you uh, later in this episode. So don't worry, we're not just going to tell you, hey, these are the tricky ones and then leave (laughs) you with no uh, points on or tips on how to have them. So, but before we get into that, I want to talk about why having these types of conversations is really important. And you probably will hear us say things that we've said before. And perhaps, uh, you know, I had a thought when Trisha said we've probably said uh, behavior issues are performance issues multiple times already. You can turn that into your own little game and have an extra sip of wine every time we say that (laughs) phrase. Just saying. Like how Um, I, you know. What was that? How I met your mother when she said, but um. (laughs) But um. (laughs) Yeah. The other two could be when I say absolutely and Trish says, right? Right. (laughs) But then you would need a lot of wine. So you might not want to do it for those. Yeah, probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, so one of the reasons that I think it's so important to make sure that you have difficult conversations is 
Number one, it's part of your job. As either a manager or an HR professional, you are this person's point of contact. And as a manager, it's definitely your responsibility as a leader in the company to show that you are taking responsibility and holding yourself accountable and your employees accountable. So it's really important that you model the behavior you want to see from others. Uh, As an HR professional, good Lord, you got to have these conversations every day, probably. So uh, you you cannot get around not having difficult conversations if you're in HR. Not at all. (laughs) So you might as well get used to it. And, you know, I say this as somebody who now doesn't really have much trouble having these conversations, uh, which goes to my next point, which is it is a skill, but it's one that can be learned. And I've learned it. I used to be the least confrontational person you've ever met. Yes, being a lawyer helped (laughs) to change that. But uh, I always joke that my nickname in law school was Queen of Nice. I never wanted to say a bad word to anybody. I never wanted to have a hard conversation or anything that was going to make my stomach tie up in knots. But I realized once I got out into the work world, particularly as a lawyer, that I had mentees who were looking to me for direction, which meant I had to. Again, it was my responsibility to make sure that they understood what they were doing well and where there was room for improvement. And sometimes those conversations sucked. Oh, yeah. And, you know, but I will tell you that I have ongoing, continue to this day, good relationships with all of those people that I have had difficult conversations with because they understood that I was doing it because I cared about them and about where their career was going. And they understood that I was doing it to help them not to hurt them or just to be mean or spiteful. So it is a skill. You can learn it and it gets easier with time. Now I honestly don't even really have to think about it much. (laughs) It's not that that I still, uh, it's not that I like to have them, but it comes much more naturally because I know the end goal is always to get this person to a better spot than they were when we started the conversation. Love that. The last point I will make about why I believe they're so important is because these types of conversations, and again, I just kind of demonstrated it through my storytelling, is that they can actually lead to breakthroughs on both sides and a strengthening of trust in the relationship with your employee. Because again, if they understand that the reason you are having these conversations is because you care and want the best for them, and it's even better if you understand what best for them means to them, (laughs) (laughs) then then it really can strengthen that trust and that bond and make everything much easier as you move forward. Julie, I am totally going to piggyback right off of what you just said. It's not just trust with that employee, but it also improves the trust and relationships with your team as a whole. Mm-hmm. As they see you working with people and helping them grow, they're going to pay attention. They're going to feel, as I've said before, that this is a safe place, that these conversations are meant to help them grow, meant to get them to a better place, like you said. And not only that, but I have seen this impact 
and lead to improved relationships between the team members as well. So it's not just you as the manager, you as the HR professional with the employee, it's employee to employee as well, because you're setting that example that as long as you're being respectful and civil and leading with kindness, these conversations can be extremely helpful and beneficial for everyone. On the flip side of that, though, (laughs) (laughs) unresolved issues. Um, My next point would be that um, they're important because if you don't resolve these issues, then you could have increased absenteeism and turnover. And we've already talked about how much that can impact uh, a company's bottom line, right? So we don't, we of course don't want that because we don't want to lose employees. But you, when you start talking to the C-suite about the bottom line, there you're going to get their attention, right? Mm-hmm. Also, going to the legal perspective, Julie, I'm going to go there for a change <laughs> instead of my touchy-feely stuff. Um, it could also lead to complaints of harassment, discrimination, and retaliation. If you are not disciplining particular employees or not having these conversations and allowing them to get away with using certain words or acting in a certain way, people obviously could claim it as some sort of a harassment or discrimination. So a pretty obvious one, I think, there. And then I'm going to flip back to the positive side again, because I always want to end on the positive. Addressing those conversations, having these situations, you're going to increase your engagement, right? And by increasing your engagement, you're also then going to lead to increased productivity. People are going to want to talk to each other. They're going to want to work as a team. And therefore, everyone is going to be moving in the same direction and moving again with that kindness and civility in mind. Like, this is growth. This is for all of us. We can't leave someone behind or none of us are going to get there. So that would be my reasons I think they're important. Those are great reasons. And I just want to point out that it brings back the belonging that we've been talking about for the last several episodes, right? That's what all of this is about. And if you show people that you care enough to tell them where they have areas of improvement uh, and that you care enough to point these things out and have these difficult conversations that creates that sense of belonging or reinforces that sense of belonging, which leads to all the benefits that Trisha's been talking about. So it really all comes back to that. Agreed. Okay. Well, so now we want to move to some of the solutions. Uh, And then, as I mentioned, we're going to do, we're going to actually role play a conversation for you. So a couple of tips from my perspective. Until you are more comfortable having difficult conversations, Write out what you want to say before you sit down to have the conversation. Uh, You can do that in whatever way works for you. You can write it word for word. Like, "Uh, Trisha, I I asked you to come here today because I really care about your future in this company. And I want to talk about some areas of improvement I've noticed. Okay. Sounds great. Right? (laughs) Uh, So, but the reason you want to do that is because other, you don't want to have the situation where you bring somebody in and then you're like, so, so how you doing today, Trish? You know, uh, and uh, <laughs> right, and then you have to talk about some things like, oh, how are the kids? How, how's this? How's that? And you're making all this little small talk. And then you're like, well, the reason I asked you here today is that um, 
uh, so there's been some performance issues. Oh, come on. I, I What do you mean performance issues? I, right. I, I've worked so hard and, and, and my family there, <laughs> et cetera, exactly. et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. So you want to make sure you're scripting it out so you know best how to frame it. And one of the ways that you want to do that is focusing on the message that you want the employee to leave the meeting with. So that should be how you start the meeting. That should be how you end the meeting. Uh, So again, you can script it out word for word. You can do bullet points. You can do whatever works for you. I would suggest role playing it a few times, even if it's with yourself, uh, you know, talking to yourself um, or with your significant other or your cat or your dog or whoever, a stranger on the street. Doesn't really matter. You'll get the sense of whether it's going to you know, fall like a lead balloon or if it's going to come across the way that you're intending. So um, again, until you're comfortable, script it out. Focus on the message you want to relay, as I said. Be straightforward and stick to that message. So I know that uh, this may go against what many of you have heard, but I am a firm believer that we should not give people shit sandwiches. (laughs) Julie, what do you mean by that? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the shit sandwich is where we tell them something good, tell them the bad thing, and then tell them something good. The problem is, as I have seen time and time again, and as I know Trisha has seen time and time again, (laughs) is the only thing they remember is the last thing you said. So I literally just had this happen where somebody went into a PIP meeting and, you know, the managers were not prepared and they panicked Uh and they were like, well, you know, you're doing a really good job and you're a great employee and blah, blah, blah. But there are a couple of things. It's not a big deal, but we just need you to work on these. And if you could sign this PIP, that'd be great. But again, you're doing a great job. Oh, no. Yeah. And so, of course, that employee left thinking like, hey, I rock. You know, like, I don't even know what that piece of paper was, but whatevs. Yeah. (laughs) So I that's not good. Right. No, I implore you. No shit sandwiches. Also, I, I personally now this is a personal thing. I don't like to make a lot of small talk if I'm about to have a serious conversation because I feel like people then resent you (laughs) for it, uh, or it, again, makes that message seem even harsher. So I like to be very straightforward and say, listen, I asked you to meet with me today because I have seen some things in your performance that I want to make sure we address right away because I really care about your future in this company. I think you have so much potential, and I think if we can just tweak a few things you're going to be a rock star. And that sends a totally different message than some of the other ways we have described, right? So the other point uh, before we get to a tool for you to use is focus on moving forward. So yes, you need to address whatever has been going on, but the focus of your conversation should be, how do we move forward? How does the employee overcome this? Uh, How do they show that they are growing and improving? And how do you make sure that they understand they are not going to be forever painted with the brush that they are a bad employee 
or an underperforming employee or all of the things that go into someone's head when they're called in for a meeting about their performance. That reminds me of that feed forward method that you taught me, Jules. Yes. And I forget who, I forget the name of the guy who came up with that. And I do want to give him credit because it's not our idea. Right. (laughs) Uh, So there is an article out there. I'll put it in the show notes for next episode. Um, Or we'll put it, actually, we can put it in the show notes for this episode. So we'll put that in. I'll, I'll look it up. But it's called Feed Forward. And the The point is that you don't, you only gain so much by rehashing what happened and you get more if the employee understands that the reason you are rehashing what happened is so that you can prevent it from happening in the future. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. So that feed forward method, number one, makes the conversation easier for everyone because, again, it's not just focused on, hey, you screwed up or you suck or (laughs) whatever. (laughs) Um, Again, we wouldn't use those words, but uh, um, so it, but it focuses on what's the solution? How do we move forward? How do, how does this employee move on to succeed? I think the, the very first time that you used that with me and, and just, just as an FYI to everyone, it was not because I wasn't doing anything no. or I was doing something. We just, she was demonstrating it to me and we hadn't scripted anything out. We just kind of started talking and it was really cool because it, everything by the time I was done felt like it was my idea because even though you said to me, this is what you need to improve, it was okay, what do you think you need to improve and and how do you think you can get there? And then you showed me, oh, okay, yeah, I love that. Well, let's just tweak that this way and tweak that that way. But it was still in my head, my idea. <laughs> so I think that your employees are more likely to do that if they think it's their idea. So I just think it's a brilliant strategy. <laughs> yeah. And that's a good point too. You can also start off with questions, you know, like you could ask if you, if you are somebody who prefers to start with sort of the small talk, you can ask sort of general questions about, so how are things going? Are you running into any obstacles? Have you faced any challenges? You know, like conversate, like questions that might have them bring up whatever's going on and they might get there on their own and make it that much easier for you to talk about. So that's another, (laughs) yeah, that's That's like a good cheat. (laughs) Yeah. That's another sneaky little tactic. That's, That's a lawyer trick, but, uh, you know, whatever. (laughs) Not interrogating, inquiring. Oh, yes, yes. Semantics. (laughs) Yes, semantics. Okay, but we do have a tool for you to use. We call it the change method. So it's an acronym. Uh, So I'm going to run through the first three. Trisha's going to run through the second three. But the C stands for have a conversation. So conversation. This should be a dialogue. It should not be you issuing tickets to somebody for all of their misdeeds. (laughs) It should be a conversation about what has been going on. You want input from the employee. The H is be human. So we've talked about this a lot. And you've heard Trisha and I use the phrase forgetting how to human, which 
We feel like a lot of people have done, particularly since COVID. Uh, And so you want to make sure that you are treating the person with compassion and empathy. Again, the reason you are having the conversation is because you think that this person can correct it and you think they have value to provide. So that's what you should be focusing on. Again, not just telling them what they're doing wrong, but how you see them progressing in the future if they can correct these couple of things. The A is advising the employee of the problem. So that's kind of twofold, but it's being very specific about whatever the problem is. So if it's a performance issue, it's not just, hey, we're seeing some performance issues. It's, hey, Trisha, you've been late five times in the last two weeks. What is going on? You know, is there something that is going on in your personal life? Is there some way we can support you? It's being that specific, though. Or if it is, you know, you haven't gotten your projects in on time or you've missed the last two deadlines, you also want to talk about the impact on team members. So, you know, you, you've you been late a few times on your deadlines. That puts everybody else behind. It pushes the entire project deadline out. It stresses every, it adds stress to the team. You know, it, you get the point. But you want to advise them and be specific specific about what the problem or the issue is. Trisha, you want to take the NGE? I sure will. So the N is for name. Name the specific behaviors. This one kind of goes two ways. Name the behaviors you do want to see. Name the behaviors you don't want to see. Um, We always say it's better to end on those things that you do want to see, because as we said, employers are always going to remember what you say last. So we want to continue to have them model those behaviors. Um, But remember, behaviors are performance issues. So make sure that as you're naming those behaviors, you're explaining how it ties into their performance and how it either doesn't meet the performance expectations or what they can do to get there, or better, both. (laughs) Yes, both. (laughs) Better would be both. (laughs) G is give. Give your employee a chance to respond. And I don't mean, oh, let them talk and you're staring at the the ceiling and think about (laughs) what you're going to have for lunch and your next meeting and stuff like that. I mean, actually listen. Julie was talking about having a a two-way dynamic conversation, right? So make sure that you are listening to what they have to say. Honest to goodness, half the time, our employees just want to be heard. If there's Mm -hmm. something going on with them, just knowing that they have your ear for a few minutes is going to make a huge, huge difference. It also goes to that trust factor that we've been talking about. Yeah, Trisha, real quick, it also is always a good reminder that we never know what is going on in someone's life. And so by giving, yeah, so by giving them a chance to respond, we are giving them the opportunity to let us in and know what sort of challenges they might be facing. I love that. (laughs) And then E is set the expectations. Um, What do you want to see moving forward? Are you being clear about what you want to see moving forward? It isn't something like improve performance. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm sorry. How do I measure that? 
Mm-hmm. Right? So be really spe- specific. Easier for me to say. Pacific. <laughs> Pacific. Pacific. <laughs> <laughs> be specific in what you want to see, right? Let's um, actually tell your employees what it is that you're looking for. And again, if you use that feed forward method, when you're setting the expectations, they're actively involved in that and you're going to get a lot better results. So, oh, hey, you know what, Jules? I just thought of something. Hmm. They can use this for documentation, too. <gasps> yes, they can. <gasps> what? <laughs> <laughs> of course, Julie already knows that. But just as a reminder for all of you, the change is a really great thing to have in your head when you're thinking about documenting your conversations. Um, because when you're trying to think of, oh, golly, what should I have? I don't know. What would Julie, if she were looking at this, want to see? What might, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's always in my head <laughs> when I'm documenting. <laughs> or what would an HR rep want to see? And so you want to think about, okay, what did you advise? What behaviors did you name for them? And what expectations did you set? And then include any other information that you think may be relevant. If you think that uh, Julie as a lawyer or your HR professional would have a question about it, include it. I'd rather you be over-inclusive in this case than under-inclusive because we want to make sure that there's always a record of these conversations. If you don't have a record, eh, what do we always say? If it's not in writing, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. (laughs) So please, please (laughs) make sure. Yes. And... If it makes it easier, because a lot of times the argument we hear is, I don't have time to document. (laughs) Uh, So number one, I would respond and say, you don't have time not to, because if you don't document, you're going to end up on a witness stand. (laughs) And then trust me, you will have wish you took the 10 minutes to document (laughs) whatever happened. But you get managers, you can just email your HR professional and say, just wanted to keep you in the loop had a conversation with so-and-so today, here's what we discussed, and then run through the change method. We had a conversation about so-and-so's performance. I advised him or her that the problem was this. I named the specific behaviors and how they impacted the team. I gave the employee a chance to respond. He or she said this. Uh, We set the expectations going forward. It was a positive conversation. I'm hopeful there won't be any further issues. Done. I want to be like, drop the mic. (laughs) I know. You've killed two birds with one stone. Again, I hate that expression. I got to find a better one. Um, (laughs) uh, But you have documented it and you've already notified HR. So You've already accomplished both of the things that are really important. So that's a very easy way to document something. Just send an email to HR. I love it. Should we move to our conversations? Yes. Yes, let's do it. All right. (laughs) You want to play our manager and I will play our employee? Sure, sure. Um, Okay, so Trisha, I've asked you here today because... I've noticed that you don't seem as engaged as you normally are, and it seems like your performance has been slipping a little bit as if you are, again, sort of disengaging. So I wanted to have a conversation about whether there's something going on from your end uh, that we might be able to fix. Oh, I'm so sorry, Julie. Um, 
Yeah, there's, I've, I've recently been, um, diagnosed with some, some, uh, issues from my doctor and I'm, I'm not really ready to talk about them yet, but, um, it, I, I know I, I just, I've been experiencing a lot of headaches and I, I just, um, they, they really, they bring me off my game and I, I can tell you more if you want. I actually really appreciate you sharing that information with me, Trisha. I know that had to be hard. It's got to be scary to confide in y- your boss, you know. It is. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I really want to do a great job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know you do. I know you do, which is why I wanted to talk to you because it has been out of character. Now, because I am your manager, I do really care about what you're going through, and I am here to support you in whatever way I can, but I think it's better if I do not know the specific details, because I don't want you to ever think that that is in the back of my head or that that is coming into play with anything that might happen between you and I. So that's really a conversation that you should have with HR. But we do have things here that we can help you with. There's, I know we have FMLA. uh, You know, I know we make accommodations under the ADA, but that's a process that has to start with HR. Uh, So if you want, we can walk down to HR's office together now and I can let you, you know, introduce you in case you haven't met them and, and get you talking to them. Uh, Or I can send an email and tell them to expect you, you know, whatever makes you more comfortable. But I really think that the next step should be that you talk to HR so we can get you the support you need. Well, I'm a little scared of HR. Um, I understand that. I understand that. I've, I've been scared of HR too. <laughs> <laughs> but they are here to help and support employees. And that's why we have things like the FMLA, and that's why we provide accommodations under the ADA, because we want to help you do your job. So, but HR, they're the experts. And uh, I don't know anything about the details of those types of programs or or what needs to happen. So I don't want you to be scared. And that's why I would be happy to walk down there with you and, you know, get the conversation started. I would then have to exit because again, it's better because I make your employment decisions and I do your reviews. It's better if I don't know the details of what's going on. I mean, you can always talk to me, you know, if you're having a really bad day with a headache, you can totally tell me that and we can make adjustments as necessary. But I don't want to know the specifics of your medical condition. That's your private information. And I don't want, again, that it to ever be a thought in your head that that might be why I'm making certain decisions. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I know you'd never do that. I trust you. <laughs> Thanks. Well, I appreciate Thanks. that. <laughs> yeah. Will Will you walk me down there? I absolutely will. Okay. Do, 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 do. We walked out. Okay. So now I'm the HR professional. Well, first wow, I'm the manager. Magic. I know. Magic. First, I'm still the manager. Knock, knock. Hello. <laughs> Hi. I have Trisha with me and she just informed me that she is going through some medical issues. We did not discuss the details, but I told her that I thought it would be best for her to now speak with you because you guys are the experts in all things medical for employees. And I wanted to make sure that she got the support that she needed. 
Why, thank you, Julie. (laughs) We appreciate that. And we would be happy to help Trisha. Trisha, why don't you come in? (laughs) Thank you. Thanks, manager, (laughs) Julie. So, Trisha, uh, now you're with HR. Uh, We're very happy you came in today. We understand, you know, from what Julie just said, that you're having some medical issues. Uh, Do you care to elaborate a little bit with whatever you're comfortable sharing with us? Well, I I don't really know where to go. I'm still waiting for um, tests, but I've been experiencing a lot of headaches and um, they seem to get worse um, during the times that we're, we're really busy. But also, um, yeah, just all the time. And they make it so I'm not on my game. I have trouble focusing and concentrating. Um, They, again, we don't know what's wrong yet, but um, I'm scared. I imagine you're scared. That sounds scary. Uh, It also has to be pretty frustrating. It is. (laughs) Um, How how is it, you mentioned it throws you off your game and you have trouble focusing. Are there other ways that it's impacting your ability to work? Well, in a roundabout way, because I'm also not sleeping well. So it makes it hard for me to get to work on time. And um, sometimes when I'm at work, that's when the sleepiness actually hits. (laughs) (laughs) I understand. (laughs) Okay. So what right now how can we best support you? Do you need, so let me tell you about a couple of things. So we have Family Medical Leave Act, which that, that? yes, it's the Family Medical Leave Act. That gives you 12 weeks of job protected leave. It's unpaid, but you can use PTO if you have it available uh, to go see doctors, to take time off if you need it, to potentially work a reduced schedule. Uh, So we have both continuous FMLA, which means you take a bunch of time in a row, or we have intermittent FMLA, which means you might take a day here, half a day there, two days here. It's kind of as needed. Can I do both? Like, can I do the intermittent now and then maybe the continuous later if they find something? Sure. As long as you have the time available. So you get the 12 weeks, which is you work 40 hours a week. So it's about 480 hours and we keep a log and we deduct the hours as you take them. And you can always ask us where you stand. Uh, all we need for that is we need some, we need your doctor to fill out some paperwork uh, and I can give you that here today. Um, and then if you don't need to take time right away, we can also uh, try to f- figure out if there's an accommodation that we can make for you under the ADA. Again, we'll have to get some information from your doctor, but there are a lot of things that we can do to support you while you're figuring all of of this out. And that hopefully we can take some of that stress off of you that comes with being undiagnosed or not knowing exactly what's going on. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Yeah. So, We would be happy to walk you through all of that, and we can take as much time as you need to do so. Well, this is amazing. Um, I'm still a little concerned about one thing, and that is, like, performance. I'm supposed to create 120 widgets every quarter. I, I won't be able to create those widgets if I am out a lot. How How does that work? 
Well, we would work with your manager to come up with a more reasonable goal. We would prorate it, most likely. That's typically what we do, but we would come up with a goal that makes sense for how much time you are able to be here. That's amazing. Okay. Yeah. So what is yeah. this paperwork? Can I have it? Yes, you can. And you're going to hate it because it's lengthy, but you know, it is what it is. So, um, I wouldn't say that last part, but anyway, you get the idea. I was totally breaking character at that point. <laughs> oh, that was fun. <laughs> Okay, so the reason that we picked that is because you often have people mention medical stuff to their managers, and you always, as a manager, want to be really careful about getting into the details because we want to insulate you from that information because you are the decision maker in this person's employment. And so it is very easy for them to say later, well, you made that decision because you knew that I had migraines or you knew that I had cancer or you knew that I had epilepsy or whatever the case may be. And we don't want, if if we can prevent that, we want to prevent that. Yes. Now you will have situations where the employee will tell you everything. Everything. (laughs) Everything. And as you probably noticed, I could have probably let Trisha talk and she would have. So one of the other things we advise managers to do is to politely stop that conversation sort of like I did and say, I really appreciate that you trusted me enough to share that information with me, but it's really best if I don't know the details and I'm going to have you talk to HR. So it's a nice way to divert that attention. But if you know that you're allowed to say that, it's going to be easier to say it in the moment. A lot of times people panic and then they say something they probably shouldn't have said. (laughs) Big red flags. Yeah. So, and then the HR professional, one of the the questions I get a lot with FMLA is, you know, there's this, the regulations talk a lot about how you can't make medical inquiries of an employee. And so people feel that they can't ask medical questions. But if somebody comes to you asking for FMLA, or they have disclosed to you, like Trisha did, that they have headaches and they're trying to figure out what's going on and it's impacting their performance, that opens the door for you as an HR professional to ask questions. So you can ask all those follow-ups that I asked. I loved how you tied it to performance. You said, how is that impacting your ability to do your job? Mm -hmm. It was brilliant because then I could just say, here you go. Yes, yes. (laughs) For those of you who couldn't see, she was doing the old brush off the shoulder. Of course, that was brilliant. (laughs) I've had these conversations a dime or two. A few, a few maybe. Yeah. So, hey, Jules. Yeah. Now that we've had our conversation, I got to know, how is your wine tasting? You know what? It's, um, I have to admit, when I first tasted it, I thought it was a little weak. (laughs) (laughs) But it's growing on me. Now, that may be because I've had a little bit more and I have a more representative (laughs) sample. Uh, But again, it is a low sugar, low calorie wine. So take that into consideration. But given those things, it's actually quite nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. Love what it. What about you? What about yours? I still like it. You know, <laughs> you know they're just so easy to drink. Yeah. You know that. They're just so yeah. light. And, um, you know, I, obviously today it's beautiful and sunny here. Well, uh, not so sunny, I guess. But <laughs> it's partly sunny. It's been gorgeous. But I just felt like oh, I've had 
you know, some white lightly, got to switch it up and do something a little lighter. So, yeah. I did think it was funny because I had read last time and, well, you had kombucha, but I think you had white the time before that. So, (laughs) okay. Well, uh, we want to thank you for joining us for this episode. Just really quick, uh, just to sum up. Remember that having difficult conversations is a skill that you can learn and it gets easier with time. Use the change method. No shit sandwiches. No. (laughs) (laughs) Be be human and document, 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 document. (laughs) (laughs) And don't forget to look um, into the show notes for that feed forward method. Again, it's absolutely brilliant. Really, really think that it will help all of you with these conversations. Okay. Well, we thank you again for joining us for this episode and uh, episode eight. Hard to believe. Wow. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Uh, And we look forward to seeing you in episode nine. I guess not seeing you, hearing you, you hearing us, whatever. (laughs) It's all good. Uh, Anyway, so subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Send us wine recommendations. And if you have any questions or suggestions for future topics, please send them our way. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers.